Yo, what's good guys, it's Joe here. Just before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to say I've been editing it and there have been a couple feedback issues and I'm not that technically gifted to try and remove them all, so do be aware of that. But otherwise, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into Sean's Desert Island Discs. The Final Fix Podcast. What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Final Fix Podcast. Episode 3. Back again. Episode 3. Desert Island Discs, part 2. If you want to see my Desert Island Discs, go check the previous episode. But for this episode, Sean's going to go through his 8 tracks that he take for his Desert Island Disc. Uh, we've also switched it up a bit, so Sean's going to pick one movie, one person to go along with him, and one luxury item. Be sure to follow the pair of us on Instagram, jovid underscore 19 and LBD. Follow the podcast on Instagram, that's your final fix, as well as following us on Spotify, final fix playlists. Uh, our fixes for this week, Sean, what have you got for us? I've got the album from 1974 by Sparks, Kimono My House. And this is a great album that I've found in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Uh, and I've just had it on constantly in the last week. It's so much fun. You can just listen to it and just zone out but just and just appreciate how, how much fun stuff's going on with it. Yeah, Love it, it. it is. It's, 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 I mean, I've only heard the first track, which is uh, This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us, which I yeah. feel like the majority of people will have heard. But from that, it it does it just kind of feels like kind of 70s pop but they kind of put their own little little flip on it kind of yeah, made it yeah. a bit more energetic and a bit brighter in that sense like it's just a, it's just a whole lot of fun it's just easy going um enjoyable yeah. music i feel it's very much like a a precursor to the sort of new wave movement as well yeah uh, being a few years before that and that's just like possibly my favorite you know period of music so yeah. i think it's it's very like but yeah proto new wave I loads think, of fun i think it, where are they, where are they from? Are they from like Japan they're from California, that? but they moved oh, to right, England okay. for the recording oh, of this album and then lived there ever since. So they're honorary Englishmen now. Oh, no, they're just as weird enough. as us. So I'd heard of them, but I, I, you know, they don't really get as much uh, hype as maybe they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely recommend checking them out. Yeah, I think I, I definitely will once we've recorded this. Cool. Um, What's your fix for the week, Joe? Yeah, we're we're gonna completely flip it on its head now and just kind of go for a very much uh, depressing um, <laughs> and weird, weird in a sense of more on the, along the lines of disturbing uh, with, yeah. I've got you sh- say that again. <laughs> yeah, I've got Shoe Shoes A Promise which was released in 2003 uh, as of last year I kind of been delving into more of Shoe Shoe stuff but it was more I, I say light hearted but light hearted for Shoe Shoe is not light hearted <laughs> at <Yeah>. all <laughs> um, but yeah they're um, their take on the Twin Peaks soundtrack, um, oh, as well as album. as well as Forget as well. I really like that album, and so this week I was like, I'm just going to go through the whole discography, front to back, and I promise is the second album that they released, and it's just, yeah, yeah. the the content <laughs> The content that's on it is very dark, and it's just kind of matched with just the audacity of the distortion and the synths and just the craziness of the soundscapes that are going throughout the album also the thing that i wanted to tell you sean was when he was making this jamie stewart he was living out in la he wasn't the Mm. richest and um his job was a primary school teacher jesus christ (laughs) uh, imagine having jamie stewart as your primary school teacher oh my god i just that'd be scary (laughs) 
like this is the imagine having Jamie Stewart as your primary school teacher and then hearing the music that he was making at the time. Yeah, at the same time. Like it's like when um it's like when they found out MC Devo was a primary school teacher <laughs> and he got sacked. Ah, that's that's just class. Yeah. He, he didn't do it. He didn't hurt anyone. <laughs> nah, free, free my man's devil. In it. Uh, but I mean, I mean to be fair, I guess I, I'm not really selling this album off as enjoyable, am I? <laughs> no, I think. But but think... if you if you like if you don't feel good about yourself, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you hate yourself and want to punish your ears just for existing, <laughs> oh shoo shoo is the fan for you. I know, uh, but I'd, I'd recommend uh, the fast <laughs> the fast car cover because they kind of take the more what's the word because it's not a very pleasant song. I haven't looked into the lyrics too much, but obviously it kind of contradicts how. I, won't, I don't want to say it's upbeat, but it kind of is. <laughs> it's, it's fast car. Yeah, it's a steady, it's, yeah. steady moving. It's yeah. just a nice, it's just a nice, pleasant pop song, really. But I mean, I think Shushu have basically taken the content of it and kind of matched the the music to fit it so well. And so basically, if you yeah. want to hear a more depressing version of a pop song, you know, hit that up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are fixes for this week. Uh, we shall move into the episode and start off with sean's eight tracks um for the first one the thing i wanted to ask was because i think we all knew you were going to pick (laughs) this one band but it was more a case of finding that one song that kind of that's gonna encapsulate it all so how did you end up coming out with this one i have to tell you it was not easy to narrow (laughs) down you know one out of the 200 plus i have saved by this band but for anyone who does not know, my favourite band of all time is XTC. You probably know them from that one song they did, Making Plans for Nigel, yeah. but that song sucks in comparison <laughs> to so much of their own, the rest of their own discography. So I would 100 million percent recommend checking out you know, their, their entire discography. But to narrow it down to one song, I went for The Meeting Place off their 1986 album Skylarking. It's an amazing album. It's my favorite one by them. Easily in my top five of all time. I love it. Mm. It was hard to hard to even pick this one out of all the songs on there because I I think this is a, a ten out of ten album. So, yeah. you know, narrowing it down from to, from fifteen to one on there is it, it, even that in of itself isn't an easy task. <laughs> but I went for the meeting place yeah. because I would I was tempted to pick one of the first two songs, um, Summer's Cauldron or Grass. Mm. Uh, because I think the first three on the album just do such a, a nice job of just conveying all the thoughts and emotions and feeling and atmosphere of a nice summer day, which is just one of the best feelings. And so I, the reason why I opted for this one is because those first two, like Todd Rundgren on that production, does such a nice job of blending those first two songs together. Yeah. And so it's hard to pick just one of those two because they're so much better, you know, than the sum of the parts. Yeah. And so the third one, the meeting place. <laughs> conveys all that same feeling but it stands alone a lot stronger than those other two i would say so yeah. I-, I think easy choice out of those three then i think yeah for me uh, i can't really remember the first two tracks enough to say mm. to formulate an opinion on them but for that for the meeting place listening to it it does it just kind of it's very hard to listen to that track and just not feel happy it's just one yeah. it kind of kind of picks you up in that sense. I think, yeah, it's kind of kind of what you need when when you're uh, out there on your on your desert on island. the desert island. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the uh, the next track, uh, I kn- I knew you were going to pick this, but <laughs> I only it only clicked when you sent me the list because I know that this is one of your favorite songs. Um, yeah. But that's I think yeah, it's it's more of a more of a shoegazy type song. 
And, uh, yeah. yeah, big eight-minute epic <laughs> shoegaze-influenced rock song from 1992. This is Leave Them All Behind by Ride. Mm-hmm. And again, anyone who knows me knows this song was going to go on there because I just love it. It's such a steady building song that it's just got so much going on in it. Like, it's not it's not a, a song in... Like, a lot going on in the sense that Shoe Shoes music has a lot going on. <laughs> but it's it's got a lot going on in that. It starts out with this sort of repeating synth mm-hmm. um, sync sequence and just adds the drums to it, adds the bass to it, adds the soaring guitar to yeah. it, brings it back down, takes it back up to 100, <laughs> brings it back down again, and then just takes it to 200 at the end. Yeah, and it's just definitely. that that structure of song, it just it pulls you in and it takes you back out and it pulls mm-hmm. you back in and it takes you back out and then it pulls you back in for the final bit. And it is just such a nice way yeah. to structure a song. Just all the music that's going on in that yeah, in that structure is just phenomenal and I love it brilliant song and I was lucky enough to see it live uh, in December 2019 where yes I did shed a manly tear <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's, it's kind of hard not to I can imagine seeing that distorted guitar live and just oh, that, that amazing whole that whole that whole set would just be insane i think it is it's just one of them because it's kind of the case for a lot of shoegaze music is like when you get that distorted yeah. guitar the atmosphere it creates just kind of draws you in and so i think yeah when it kind of you know takes you on that roller coaster ride like you're you're there for the whole thing yeah there's, there's and you no enjoy it every yeah. every second of those 8 minutes and i think it is it's kind of it's kind of mad that that was the intro track because it just kind of yeah. it kind of sums up you know that that one album which is a fantastic album so well yeah I remember the first time I heard it I because I'd listened to their first album Nowhere and I was mm. like all right this is cool so I downloaded uh, this was in the days before I even had Spotify mm. um, and I used to just you know download everything from dodgy piracy sites That's and disgraceful. Um, I know that is <laughs> you know we humble beginnings yeah, yeah exactly. um, we've all been you know back in my LimeWire days but um, I do- listened to Nowhere on YouTube or something and then I downloaded Nowhere and uh, Going Blank again yeah. never having listened to Going Blank again I think I was like I think I was on a bus <laughs> summer day and it was like the last bus of the day going over like the Burnley Tops oh shit uh, and this bus driver he wanted to get home so he was pinning it across the you know <laughs> The Burnley Tops, uh, sunny day, blasting leaves them all behind. I mean, never heard it before. And I, I honestly can't think of a better, you know, yeah, way to yeah, first better, listen to that a song. Be, a better, it's a perfect that, environment. One, one of them, like looking out the window on the bus or whatever, just kind of taking everything oh, yeah. in while the music's going. That's that's just the soaring guitars, sun shining your face. Definitely, it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> it kind of has. I mean, I guess it's not as happy as uh, the meeting place but it does kind of have that different sort of, vibe though yeah yeah, yeah. Sho- shoegaze could be very easily um sad but i think that's that's or of, uplifting yeah, yeah it's like it's yin and yang of shoegaze the duality <laughs> of, of the genre i know damn we're getting deep but we are yeah <laughs> on shoegaze no one knows what shoegaze is <laughs> shoegaze philosophers <laughs> joe not, smith phd in, in shoegaze in I don't, I don't think I can name more, oh than, more than three bands. <laughs> but we, we, I mean, so, talking about uh, subgenres that people probably don't really know. Well, they don't really know, but they definitely should know. Is mm. um, trip hop, which is what uh, your next track categorizes in? Yeah, coming. This fr- underrated genre. I think. I think it's for the people who know it. Mm. Tr- trip hop is very like you know well received and appreciated. But I feel in like the the broader sense, it, it sort of goes this is a, bit, a bit underappreciated. Definitely, I yeah. Mean, it's what I think. This is it. The fusing of all the different genre elements just kind of makes it a bit. Because I love uh, 
Portishead's dummy. And yeah. I think the uh, hip hop drum beats and then I don't I don't know what her name is, but her amazing voice Beth, on the, Beth Gibbons, I think it is. Yeah, her amazing her amazing voice throughout. But I think this, because this comes from another uh, iconic trip hop band, and I have listened to Blue yes. Lines, but I think I definitely need to go through it again. But this doesn't come mm. from Blue Lines; this comes from Mezzanine, and so I'll, yes. let, I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk about. It. This is the opening song off Massive Attack's 1997 album Mezzanine, and the song is called Angel. And what a way to kick off an album! <laughs> this is a very dark and menacing kind of song, very juxtaposed to the lyrics and uh, mm. you know the music. Because the lyrics are sort of talking about, you would expect it to be a quite bright and, I don't know, uh, uplifting song that kind of makes you feel a bit safe if it's talking about a guardian angel. But this is a song that makes you feel the complete opposite. It's just it's so ominous. Yeah, it's very brooding, very ominous, yeah. And building up with that, you know, that repeating bass line yeah, uh, to that massive payoff with those crashing guitars. Oh, it's amazing. I think that's it. It's this, it's this little subtle distortion just underneath the track that just kind yeah. of goes a bit unnoticed, but it just kind of does it for me. It's just that atmosphere that it puts you in, and it is you're just kind of spooked out by it a bit. That whole album just creates such a good... Well, I mean, I wouldn't recommend listening to it, <laughs> at, you know, at night on your own, walking around, like, a city <laughs> or something. But, I, I mean, it fits that vibe very nicely. I'd be terrified Shit. doing it, but, you so, know... Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, you gotta do get, it. Yeah. Get the full artistic pursuits. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that is the vibe of that album. So Shit. if that sounds good, give it a listen. Oh. And it, that song actually features in um in the film that I will mention later. So oh, if you if you have seen that film or you <laughs> haven't seen that film and want to watch it, because I sell it so nicely when I describe. I'm sure. It, I'm sure you. You know, listen out for it. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Joe. <laughs> now, well, uh, moving on to the next track and uh, this one. I mean, it kind it kind of comes with the territory of this track and you know kind of you know one if you recommend this track in a high regard you're going to get this reply and that is how are you feeling sean are you okay <laughs> i'm okay i'm not too bad <laughs> but yeah this 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 song being held in such high esteem i think definitely warrants a little bit of cause yeah, i can say a bit of worry but yeah but this is on gp by death grips from the super duper experimental noise hip-hop Exp- yeah, experiment. Everything. <laughs> Gods. MC yeah. Ride. Zach Hill. Andy Morin. I don't know if he's even in them anymore. I don't, I don't remember. Know. He just produces the tracks, doesn't he? I, oh, yeah. He doesn't really that... do a lot. Well, I mean, he doesn't really have the the uh, the, the presence as uh, yeah, yeah. Ride as and Zach Hill. This is a Go great on. song. This is very this intense, in your face, yelling about. Like, <laughs> it could all just be, you know, diluted into soaring guitar crashing drums and mc ride yelling i'm not okay <laughs> but he you know he obviously puts it a lot better than that a Definitely. lot more eloquently especially with the line listen up you nosy bitch <laughs> that is the standout line in that i love the way it just kind of switches up because it's like the, the beginning bit i don't know i feel like what, what i get from the first little leg of it is just kind of it's energetic and it's pulsating and you know you're right your head banging to it and then the fact that it just pulls it back a bit and then the, it's the lyrics of that then, like yeah that and then goes back verse. into it yeah oh yeah i don't i don't want to i don't want to recite the lyrics because i feel like i i sound depressed as well but we, we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it's a it's a weird mixture because that the the lyrics in it would suggest a song sort of you know like i mean it's very more brutally honest yeah. than someone like Sufjan Stevens, but it's that same it, kind it of ca- depressing. Carry, it carries a, a shoo-shoo vibe. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely does. You'd expect it to be a lot more like 
shushu with that kind of lyrics. Uh, yeah. I mean, they have their noisy, noisy moments for sure. But something like on on a promise, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, it's it's quite befitting of that kind of vibe. Definitely. Uh, but it's so in your face and visceral and raw. So it's a nice juxtaposition of that yeah, sort of upsetting and, and depressing lyrical content with like angry music that you wouldn't yeah, uh, necessarily expect so it's it's a really good synthesis of, of those kind of styles and i i definitely recommend that song i think, I think as well yeah if you're go, if you're going to be depressed you may as well just kind of rock with it you know what i mean and just go yeah. go yeah. go <laughs> it's one of them it carries carries so much energy and i think if you'd listen to it without hearing this or knowing about death grips or you know you've just kind of gone into it off the bat you know you just kind of think oh this is a really good rock song i can you know have, have, yeah. a, have a good time with this and then <laughs> you read the lyrics it's just kind of ru- you read the lyrics just kind of ruins it for you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but i think as i think as well yeah this is one of my top 10 songs all time i reckon absolutely me too it, it's yeah. just i think the lyrical content just makes it that bit better because i think death grips aren't ones known for their personality or you know just being blatant in their tracks they just kind of well i mean yeah. mc ride just likes to shout doesn't he really yeah he does but, <laughs> the, but it's, this, a, it's a definitely a standout one in their discography because it's, it's not often that he talks about himself in such an open and, and vulnerable way yeah uh so even for that it's, it's worth listening to coming on an album as well that doesn't really fit their sound i feel like death grips definitely you know evolved their sound but there is definitely just a kind of category that it all sort of fits into with you know you have your hip-hop elements and then the more you know zach hill's drumming and then just these yeah. crazy samples and synths and guitars uh but i feel like because this is a part second of the second, second disc be, of his double it, yeah. album double album being the powers that be which is definitely one that should be on your uh to listen to list if you if you're into mm. this sort of music <laughs> Uh, and yeah, the second disc on the album is more centered around rock music, and it's more about the guitars instead of, you know, hip hop influences carried out on the rest of Death Grips's uh, discography. Yeah, I think if if you knew Death Grips from sort of ex-military money store kind of era, mm. and you listen to second half of Powers That Be, you definitely pick up on that. Like this is a sonic evolution and a half. So definitely. It's definitely definitely worth listening to, and there we go. Just what just what everyone needed. Two yeah, every- more white guys on the internet talking about, <laughs> talking death, about grips. death grips. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll shave our we'll shave, we'll shave our heads, uh, wear flannels, oh, yeah. get and our glasses, glasses on, and then sprout melon heads. We'll, yeah, and then we're done. We're, we're like the, the, the Tweedledum and Tweedlemelon or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, we're gonna ju- juxtapose that big time. Yeah, massive one eighty here um, with a pretty upbeat song. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to say my first when I first listened to this for the podcast, I was like, "This this sounds so much like a Paul McCartney Beatles song." Yeah, yeah. And it's funny I, you should say that because literally when this album came out in in the late sixties, yeah. a lot of people thought this was like a Beatles side project oh, just shit. done under a, a pseudonym because wow. it is it it's that george martin production mm. and well obviously it wasn't george martin on production but it sounds like it like this guy's got down to a t yeah uh and it just sounds like a very good beatlesque pop song <laughs> Definitely. um but this is this is she's such a beauty by emmett rhodes uh and yeah it is beatlesque pop music done to an absolute t emmett rhodes is a literal one-man band he did every instrument on this song wrote the oh, song wow. produced it like this guy you know he is he's onto something or was rest in peace he died last year um yeah but uh this song is very it's very upbeat it's just like it's a pop structure it's you know 
there's no surprises in the structure there, but yeah. in the actual instrumentation, there's a surprising amount going on. There's, you know, there's the piano that leads through the whole song, and there's a nice guitar solo, Definitely. like about halfway through it, that I always look out for. Well, not look out for because it's right in your face, but you know, I always anticipate listening to because it's yeah. it's just a really fun song. It's just Definitely. a really cheery subject matter. Uh, and I think it, it nicely juxtaposed the last couple of depressing yeah. movie songs. So yeah, much yeah. needed pick me up on a desert island. I think definitely. I feel like this is it. If you're gonna if you're gonna rip off a pop artist, why not rip off the Beatles? Exactly. I Easy think. target. Yeah, exactly. I think it's the, I think it's kind of, <laughs> kind of like pop music done right, but I feel like such a snob saying that. But we move. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Though. Yeah. Uh, but oh, I am I am very much excited for this pick, and I, I am upset that I, I couldn't I didn't include any yeah. uh, any swans on my list because we both are Tweedledum and Tweedlemelon. Um, yeah, and swans fanboys, Death uh, Grips and Swans Death all Grip. in one episode. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> we know who you get your recommendations from. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you you went you went you didn't go for the to be kind. Or yeah, I didn't go the, for the basic the tri- choice on this one from the trilogy, and you didn't go for one of the more eerie and kind of shocking ones from beforehand in the No Wave yeah. days. You went for Annaline from their most recent release, which is which well, yeah is from Leaving Meaning beautiful track. Oh, I remember this for a, for so long I couldn't get into Swans at all. Like I thought they were, you know, doing cool cool stuff. Um and then this album came out and I was like, right, I'll give it I'll give it a go. And I remember just it was like slap bang in the middle of autumn. Uh and I just went for a walk with this song on and it just literally hit me like this is <laughs> phenomenal. The build-ups and the rises in this song yeah. uh, that just culminate at, at that ending where he's sort of singing the the, the title of the song uh, with that massive outro. It is genuinely like from a band that has created such ugly and visceral music <laughs> as Swans have. Especially like if you compare this to what they were doing in the eighties, it is again <laughs> that is a sonic evolution and a half. But this is just. A beautiful song. It's absolutely mesmerising. Again, very sweet subject matter. Beautiful song. Love it. I think that's it. What carries on this album is just how it's sort of minimal in its instrumentation. Definitely compared yeah. to pretty much everything they've done. <laughs> maybe until yeah, unless, yeah. Unless, apart from that, maybe that that period in the early nineties. Yeah, because it's kind of carrying on. It's basically carrying on that period from the early nineties. But yeah, I agree. using the more post rock sound that they'd developed on the trilogy that they released in the last earlier, decade, decade yeah. yeah. But I think that's it with this song in particular. My personal favorite from it is uh, "What Is This" because the, yeah, the way that the way they managed to create such an uh, just such an amazing atmosphere from very little instrumentation, but it's just it just hits so perfectly. And also, yeah. Michael Jira's just an amazing voice like on mm. this track his presence you can't really avoid it can you it's nah, in your face permeates through the whole thing yeah definitely really great album really underrated as well I think, I think so as well yeah but I think I think as well I guess I, I wasn't listening to Swans back in the 90s so I feel like I've got a, a little bias there towards all the stuff they released this decade but yeah uh, <laughs> and so for your next track got Souvenir by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark mm. I, I knew I had to include some synth pop on here because again oh, yeah, that yeah. new wave synth pop <laughs> you know late 70s early 80s Definitely. time period is just one of my favorites in music uh and i think this is one of the absolute best songs to, to come out of that again very sweet subject matter beautiful instrumentation and it's just a song that i just never get bored of it's just yeah. a really uplifting and, <laughs> and 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 beautiful song definitely i think listening to it it is it's just kind of like your your typical new wave song and i think there's nothing wrong with that because new new wave i think just kind of goes under the radar because i think you can't hate new wave 
Surely. No, it's such a good genre of music. It's just it's, it. it's it's similar to Sparks, and just you know you just kind of enjoy it and have fun with it. Yeah, and I think that that goes that goes for a lot of the the, the new wave stuff. But I think I was I was quite surprised by this because I hadn't heard of uh, what they call it's orchestral maneuvers. Orchestral maneuvers, yeah, yeah, in the dark. Yeah, yeah. they're a, they're a very underrated band of that new wave synth pop yeah. kind of movement. Uh, I think they were sort of fobbed off as a bit of a one-hit wonder because they had that song Enola Gay, which was quite a big song in in like the early eighties. Oh, it's right. a good song, but the album that this song is off, Architecture and Morality. I think my mum bought it for me on on record because she just saw it in a charity shop and was oh, like, shit. "You'll probably like this song." <laughs> so I, I stuck it on, and I literally straight away I was like, "What the hell is this?" Because the opening track is is like crazy. You have to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, like knowing that it's a, a synth pop new wave album. Listen to that first song and let me know what you think because it is wild. Uh, but I, I fell in love with that whole album. It's fantastic. Uh, oh, and shit. I think this is the best song on it. So All let's right, go for okay. it. Cool. That's another one I've got on my list now. So uh, Sparks, nice. Kimo- Sparks, <laughs> Kimono, My House, Massive Attacks, Mezzanine, and now uh, Orchestral Maneuvers. I'll, I'll, Architecture I'll, and Morality, I'll, that's the one. I'll, find it. I'll, I'll let you pronounce the final track just because you know it so well <laughs> we had to look up before yeah. recording how to actually pronounce oh, no, I was, this I was gonna gas i was gonna gas you up and just be like oh, oh shit he knows he knows his uh siggy ross <laughs> so well he, i know my icelandic yeah yeah man. no i i'm not I, we can't hide to our viewers we are transparent. <laughs> no, yeah, we're, we're, open we're real book. we're real <laughs> that's, that's what it is that's that's the usp of this of this podcast exactly. how real we, 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 are. we just keep we just keep it real but this song is by the Icelandic post-rock band Sugar Ross, and this song is pronounced Svein Gengler, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of the album that yeah. it's on, because well, it's, we it's didn't the one with the baby on it. <laughs> it's the one with the baby on it, yeah. Uh, from 1999, I know that. It's the second um, track, is it? Yeah, it is the second yeah. track. Well, the first one is just called Intro, and it's a short one, so I suppose you could call it the just pick that one because it's there. easier to pronounce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Intro. Yeah, rate my, fi- rate my say, Icelandic. Yeah, just say Intro and then just not say it's by. <laughs> this is a, a bit of a, a last-minute edition, though, on the yeah. on, on my list, because I had a, I had another song on here because I wanted to include something that was a bit more instrumental. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this song has lyrics in it, but they are in Icelandic, so... You know, you you can interpret the music however you want because yeah. the lyrics aren't conveying the um, feeling of the song for a, a poor Anglophile such as myself who doesn't speak any other language. <laughs> um, but my original pick for this for this instrumental kind of feeling song was "Horse Stepping" by um, Sun Ra, which I think is is an amazing song, which you know really captures the feeling of just being like washed up on a beach, basically. Oh, shit. Um, and I think that would be very fitting for a desert island. But I opted for this one last minute because of the feeling when I first listened to it, which was it was like a few days before the lockdown was announced. The first lockdown, oh, I, wow. you know, we're in the Feels so fifth ago. one now. So yeah, literally, <laughs> you know, I was at uni uh, in the library, like the day the library closed for us there. And I remember having this on, just leaving and seeing the busy streets in Manchester where I go to uni, completely barren, basically. Wow. And it was like, listen to this very surreal and new song to me in that very surreal and new environment was just absolutely bizarre and walking back seeing basically a completely different environment to anything that was used to there with this completely new style of music it was it was a very bizarre experience (laughs) one i haven't forgotten about and so that's why i think this song had to go on more than anything else for that for that feeling associated with it but beautiful song the 
there's a point in it about six minutes in where it just shifts and just goes straight like hard as hard as nails bit no it doesn't last for very long but when that hits oh it is <laughs> sublime one of my favorite musical moments in anything oh wow it's fantastic yeah i, I love that bit so much but yeah that's why that song had to go on here svein genglar <laughs> i think uh, it i think that kind of switch up just kind of reminds me of um when the sun hits by slow dive yeah kind of in just how just the build on the distortion and just the, the vocals on top and it's just yeah it's like it's it already had an incredible atmosphere to yeah it. the build-up for it is is amazing and and then yeah once it kind of switches up it is it's just gorgeous again i think the distortion is just what makes it because it's something you can just kind of sit in and yeah just let, let, let it happen <laughs> kind of thing yeah i don't know what it is about um you know people from iceland making music because that sounds like it's from another planet because you got, got bjork, bjork being the, the biggest one there and she she literally must be from another planet <laughs> she yeah she her her output she's is, not of this world in, yeah in, insane i think she's she's another one that i kind of want to get into but i feel yeah I feel like i don't know i don't feel like i have the right amount of appreciation for her discography just yet i'm just gonna have to keep going yeah until it clicks i think i'm in the same boat i can appreciate the 90s stuff and then it gets a bit harder to to start to digest but i think given the the time it'll, it'll definitely happen definitely. at some point i do i do enjoy vespertine but i don't feel like i enjoy it as mm. much as i should but that's, that, that, that's another conversation for another day <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile that's the eight songs picked yeah. that's what i would go for that was a hard list to narrow down there were so many honorable mentions oh that, shit yeah run through uh, the honorable I mentions wanted to include I'm going to need to find a list of honourable <laughs> mentions uh, because there was quite a few. I won't read all of them off because oh, we'll be here all day because oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, I don't want to leave out some of my favourites because I wanted to include a Sufjan Stevens song on here because yeah. he's one of my favourite artists ever. But I was like, if I'm trapped on a desert island, I have to think about the practicalities of this because <laughs> if I just have Sufjan Stevens yeah. on here, I'm going to spend all of my time at crying. <laughs> so Sufjan Stevens, the only thing, was oh. one that was originally on the list, but ha unfortunately had to get cut because that is a very, very sad song, but it is very, very, very nice. Untitled by Interpol. Interpol are oh, my favourite yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah. Untitled is the opening track off Turn On The Bright Lights, which is one of my top ten favourite albums of all time. Mm. Just like the pinnacle of the, the New York post-punk revival. Yeah. Bit of a basic choice, I'm sure, because uh, it's a it's all right. very well-known album, but I love it, it so much. It's all right. Is this it's in my top ten, so yeah, I think um I think that and, and Radiohead, they were like those major bands that really got me, well, Interpol and Radiohead, they were those major bands that got me into... Oh, a shit. lot of the wider stuff that I like now, so it oh, holds shit. a special place in my heart. You haven't, you haven't got any yeah. Radiohead, have you? They're in the honourable mentions because again, oh, that okay. was one that was very hard to okay. to snub because again, anyone who knows me knows <laughs> how much I love Radiohead. Yeah. Um, wouldn't shut up about them for several years when I was in that nerd phase. Adore Tom York too much, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still have on my Facebook somewhere. It's like relationships, like <laughs> father Tom York or something like that, where I put as a, a laugh. To the point Family where you wake up in the morning and start sucking on lemons, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Other honourable mentions in there. I was going to mention one then, but he, the artist behind it comes up as my famous person later on, so I'm not going to oh, mention okay, that. I'm not yeah. going to drop the biscuit just yet. But The Great Gig in the Sky, Pink Floyd, was oh, yeah. on there. That is just such an absolute powerhouse of a song. It's that, just the, such a voice it is. on the senses. Whoever's yeah, voice it is on deserves that. A, a, a medal. Like, yeah. it's amazing. But again, I think that's one that a lot of people will will have the same sort of feelings about. Mm. And I was a bit annoyed that um, 
not annoyed, but I feel I snubbed um, hip hop a little bit. I mean, on GP is definitely from a hip hop standpoint, but isn't as much of a hip hop song as a lot of other Death Grips ones. And so yeah. my other picks for hip hop ones would have been Outkast, Spotiote, Dopalicious, because that is a fantastic. Tune. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and Popeye by Quelle Chris. I, That's I, another one of my I was gassed. I was, I was gassed when, <laughs> when you sent me that. I was like, oh shit! I didn't realize that you that you fuck with Quelle Chris like this because I love him. I just think yeah. he's one of those minds, isn't he? Like just such an amazing take on everything. Yeah, and I, I love that song. Again, that's that's just it. such a good introspective capture of just feeling yeah, quite isolated. Definitely. Uh, that, um, that whole album is is amazing. Yeah, as well. being you is great. I, I wish, wish I could, I could be, be you more often. often. <laughs> love it and I think my Radiohead pick was Optimistic off oh, shit. Kid A oh, I love wow. that song it was so hard to pick a, I, my favourite Radiohead album is A Moonship Pool Yeah. but I, I felt like because it's so, it's so much you know greater than the sum of its parts the album it was so hard to narrow it down to just one yeah, yeah, yeah. on there and um, so I just went for a one Radiohead song that I think Radiohead stands song. out and I think this is such an underappreciated one yeah, I was gonna yeah, say that's that not the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> I think it's on. I had to gather what album that was off. Then I was like, oh, right, yeah, 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 that yeah. one. Yeah, that, and then that. finally, I feel I feel terrible for not including these in uh, my top thing because I literally have a tattoo of this band. Oh shit! Uh, yeah. So but, I was like, I was like, this has but, to, you know, this has to be at least an honourable mention. Yeah. And I opted for "A Tear for Eddie" by Ween, which is a great instrumental song. Oh shit. Uh, and yeah, Ween, one of my all-time favourite bands. So weird and I bizarre and hilarious and entertaining. They're another one that I kind of need to get into. I've listened to yeah. I've listened to the Mollusk and I've listened to oh, great Quebec, album. Great but, album. But I think yeah, this is it. They haven't they haven't clicked with me like that, and I just kinda, yeah, I'm just kind of sitting. Well, that's that's that song's off the album Chocolate and Cheese, which I would say is yeah. my favourite Ween album. It's such like their their first three albums were all just done on four track recorders oh, that wow. they all just did themselves. Um, while getting high uh, <laughs> in ba- various barns in New Jersey, so by their third album, Pure Guava, they'd been signed, but like the label wasn't expecting anything of them, yeah. um, and so that was done on a four track. But then they actually got a hit off the album. They got their song "Pushed the Little Daisies" off Pure Guava somehow became like a top ten song in Australia. Oh my god! Uh, so they have like a cult following in Australia now. Done. It's so weird. Uh, but then. They got a bit of a better budget for this one, uh, yeah. and I think chocolate and cheese is just a great like midpoint yeah. of all the weird early stuff <laughs> while they were still young and doing yeah, stupid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the later more mature kind of stuff. It's just such yeah. a great midpoint, and I think it really nicely captures the studio finesse <laughs> and sheen um, that it puts on on the music and the quirky sense of humor of the first few. So definitely would recommend that oh, one. Oh shit! I'll have, to, I'll have to add that to my list of stuff to look oh, you, you got a long list of homework I'll come back next week and my, my <laughs> fixes will just be all these albums nice <laughs> uh, but yeah move on to your movie was it hard to crack down to one movie because I know I know. kind of yeah yeah I yeah. think it was because there's so many like at first I was kind of considering an animated film okay because um, I think one of my all time favourite films is The Iron Giant which is I think, like, yeah, a that's... kids' film, yeah. <laughs> I guess. No, but I think it's, uh, but it's that... one of them that kind of resonates with adults as well. I think. Yeah, it's one of them. Monsters ones. Inc. was another one that I was like kind of <laughs> weighing up because I, but I, I've seen Monsters Inc. Yeah. Like I would say we're talking triple figures here. Um, <laughs> wow. So I was like, to be fair, I don't need to bring Monsters Inc. with me because I can recite all the lines myself. Yeah. I can act it out. I like Definitely. draw Sully, Mike, and Randall on my hands, on my fingers, <laughs> and just and act just, it out. You know, there. 
Yeah, literally. It just makes sense Pop, for puppet them. show. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't need that one. We'll think practically here. Yeah. And I just went, I thought, what film, after the many times I've watched it, still manages to keep me entertained? And yeah. that film is Spider-Man 3. No, it's not. You had me then. I had you there for a second. You had me. Uh, I was like, what? No. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, no. Thought, I thought with Spider-Man 3 anyway. I wasn't asked. I, I, I wasn't asked well. the choice. I was I was fact that it's not the one that I've got in front of me. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd guess. I don't mind Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Spider-Man 3 is like the cringeworthy dance scene. Yeah, it, it sucks. But it's, it's so sick. funny. Like <laughs> Emo Peter Parker, James Brown idol. playing in the background. Yeah, man. Emo Spider Man. Oh, it's, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I swear, no, I, don't, I don't think Topher Grace has done anything like since the seventies show. Apart, from oh that. yeah, like, not, si- not since he was reprised his role as Venom. Oh, quality yeah, yeah. role. Oh, yeah. That's another film I've seen too many times. <laughs> like seven year old me was living for that film. In it, I, I love uh, it. Yeah, this is a whole other <laughs> argument of that Tobey yeah, Maguire yeah, no, is the we, best Spider-Man. We can do we can do a whole episode on that. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about well, the original just, Spider-Man. Which right, <laughs> we just gather our next our next uh, podcast ideas just from the, these whole rambles. Like, you know. <laughs> but yeah. So so what movie? So what movie did you end up going <laughs> with? I ended up going for Snatch, which is Guy Ritchie's film from two thousand, and I just thought that fits all the criteria of a film that you know I've I've seen dozens of times. Yeah. And I just don't get bored of it. Like that's Guy Ritchie's second film, and on his first one, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, I think yeah. he introduces basically everything he wants to do oh, okay. uh, with his style of film. Introduces like all these wide array of characters that are all very unique and have their own personalities. Yeah. Uh, and I think he gets a lot of it right on Lock, Stock, but I think he absolutely nails it on Snatch. I think it's just a masterclass of he's got so much talent in it. You got Brad Pitt doing a really bad yeah. Irish accent. Um, but it's so it's so funny. A story with twists and turns that you wouldn't expect. It's got such a good sense of humor, a quality soundtrack, and yeah, it's got Massive Attack, Angel on it, uh, and it fits the fits the vibe so perfectly in the scene that it's in. And you'll know what I'm talking about if you've seen it. Um, but yeah, it's, all the characters in it, you know, are so memorable. Like yeah. you know them all by the end of it. Um, and I just think it is one of them films that you can watch so many times still be entertained still find new stuff to enjoy about it i think it's a very quintessentially british film <laughs> like i think if i think not that i envision a <laughs> wave of americans tuning into this podcast I mean... but um i think if your sort of tendencies and interests are more in american cinema you might be a little bit disappointed but <laughs> if you're like me and 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 find a lot of humor in the british sense of humor yeah. um you, you, you'll love this film if you've not already seen it and for anyone who has seen it you'll know exactly what I'm talking about I'm going to have to give this a go as well now because I think you are it, yeah it's on, my, it's on my watch list on Letterboxd I think it's it just comes across as one of them where it's just completely off the wall funny and just enjoyable mm. one of those films that kind of just draws you in and you just have such a good time watching it anyway absolutely I, I like think it. given you given your status as a big fan of Raging Bull the boxing <laughs> scenes in the film you know they'll they'll yeah. they'll please you oh I'm not really too fussed about the boxing scenes in Raging Bull but I think that's it it's, it's quite right. hard quite hard to capture the boxing yeah. scene obviously in a film just with all the different angles and stuff but yeah yeah no I think I'll definitely I'll definitely give it a go I think Brad Pitt starring in a film that you think is just <laughs> amazingly British is, is quite, yeah, it's, it's, quite it's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But no, <laughs> like, he nails it. Uh, yeah. Um, 
moving on to your to your one person and your one honourable mention that you uh, that you didn't include. Hello. Yeah, so the person I went for is from a very famous band, uh, and has a very well documented story about him. There's been, you know, there's been films made about his life. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty interesting one, uh, and I think he would just make someone who you could. I mean, sadly, I, I know he's got dementia now, and oh. so I would, you know, if if we're taking that factor out of it, like, <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. could still, he was still in that that way where we could, I could learn a lot from him. Uh, my guest would have to be Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, um, just because one of my all-time favourite bands. I think yeah. what the Beatles were doing in in Britain at the time with pop music, the, the Beach Boys were equally doing, uh, you know, stateside, but in a yeah. different way. I think both of them were expanding that pop horizon and bringing a lot of experimental um, sounds and, and, and instruments into it. I think Pet Sounds was one of the like most expensive albums ever made at the time, just from all the different. Oh, stuff wow. that Brian Wilson's bringing in, he's bringing like animals and uh, stuff into the into the recording studio and yeah. just all like instruments from all around the world, trying oh, wow. to get them in to just create something completely new and unique. I think he absolutely nailed it, and just the way that he approaches music and and music production and making, I think from what I've read and and, and seen, it's just so unique and in an absolute league of its own. So to, to learn his secrets yeah. would just be like the most mind expanding thing ever. And just learning about his experiences as well. Like um, his, his experiences with, with drugs, particularly LSD <laughs> in the, in the sixties was like, you know, it's been well documented, but to hear his, his takes yeah. on it, because he's, he's got quite mixed opinions on, on, on that because, you know, he cherishes it for expanding his mind so much. And then, yeah, hates it for what it's done to him now in, in the long term so oh, wow. to hear his insights on that as well as the, the guy being deaf in one ear like he was oh, deafened wow. as, a, as a kid a horrible dad smacked him in, in the head <laughs> with an iron bar or something and literally deafened him in one ear and oh, still gosh. became one of the most prolific and acclaimed musicians and producers of all time <laughs> is nothing short of an achievement so you know an amalgamation of all those things I yeah. think would make for one of the most insightful conversations definitely. I think you could ever have. I think, yeah, definitely. His creativity as well. I think the fact that he did um, the Smile album, I'm guessing, did he? Yeah. So he just kind of put, you know, all these clips of the Beach Boys from the Smile sessions and then just kind of formulated them into a, into tracks. Is that right? Well, he literally recreated them all from the ground yeah. up because after, after Pet Sounds, they were working on Smile. And yeah. for all the reasons that we can make a whole episode about... <laughs> You know that that project got shelved, yeah. uh, and I think the demos and bootlegs from that got circulated around. You know the Beach Boys fandom for for years, yeah. but only in the early two thousands did did Brian Wilson actually cut like collate all of the tracks into one cohesive work, which he said was very different from his vision in the sixties. Oh, wow. So people have recreated his subsequent Smile album from the two thousands yeah. with all the demos that they found. Yes. Uh, but he said it. He said that original version didn't sound anything like this. Oh, but wow. yeah, it, it was built from from the ground up with yeah. you know a whole cast of musicians, and I think that Smile album is just as good as, if not better, than Pet Sounds in my opinion. Oh wow! Uh, so I think that is an amazing album. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I like think... imagine all of the variety of music going on in Pet Sounds, and just throw in that like that flow between all of the songs and that cohesion. Definitely. I, oh, it is brilliant. I think as well, it benefits from how polished it sounds as well. 
I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, think that, that I quite you... like the feel of the the, the, the smile sessions, bootlegs and stuff. Yeah, right, um, I, I quite like that raw recording, but yeah, the, the, the polish and the finesse on, on the yeah. final product is, is amazing. Definitely. And uh, finally, to uh, top it all off, what would you go for for your luxury item? Oh, I went for a proper nerdy choice on this one. See, this is it, because I know, think... Just to just to kind of give a context, of what we wanted to do with these episodes was because I just wanted to sit there and go, oh, what's your top five of this? What's your top five of that? Yeah. And then it kind of progressed into, oh, we'll ask each other uh, what top fives we wanted to go for because I know for a fact that you love video games, whereas yeah. <laughs> my top five video games would probably be FIFA 16, NBA 2K 16, <laughs> FIFA 14. And you know, oh, the and black ops like that. That'd be yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted to kind of give you a platform to talk about uh, your <laughs> video games, and then we, oh. and then and then it's kind of clocked. Oh, Desert Island Discs would be so cool because then you know you can you can include that. And so here you go. I'll let you run. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Look, a massive geek. Yeah, yeah you nerd. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> idiot. <laughs> but yeah, what, what's what's your uh, luxury item, bro? I went for. Well, I, I said Xbox, but any means of playing. Um, oh yeah, this, sure. this one game in particular. It could, okay. it, you know, I don't care what it's on, but something to play. Fallout New Vegas on because Fallout <laughs> New Vegas is like the best game ever made. I think I've played Fallout New Vegas for. I, I've played through the entire thing like at least half a dozen times. It is a massive game. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much going on in it. Like. Um, I could talk for, for days comparing it to how much, <laughs> how much better it is than Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 because it's made by a, a different developer to those ones mm-hmm. uh, because I think New Vegas was made by a lot of the developers of the original Fallouts back in the 90s yeah. um, so it's got a lot of that, that flair and charm from the first ones that wasn't emulated as well by, by the other company Bethesda that, that have done those games <laughs> um, the other ones so I could go in proper nerd mode about how much I love this game but um, that could I be an episode. Just, that could be. We could that do could that. be. That'll could be, be the could... most boring episode. I'll, 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 I'll just introduce it. it. I'll just introduce it and just say, "Here's Sean." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will bore everyone. I will kill off our entire already, you know, minimal fan base with that one. But I'll keep it no, short. I think, just... I, I think they, I think they love it personally. I think oh, they, yeah. they, they, they love us and they love our content and all three, and all three, everyone, of our, all three of our followers. Most. Yeah. <laughs> Gamers rise up. Yeah, that's what they want to hear. It's just a fantastic game. You know know the setting, Fallout, post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland, people Mm. trying to survive, and then just all of the bizarre storylines that are going on in there, like the plot of New Vegas is an army of people trying to rebuild basically America versus a bunch of people who are trying to rebuild the Roman Empire are at war with each other. (laughs) Um... And you could decide if you want to fight with one of them, you want to fight with this weird billionaire who's 270 odd years old, who's nice. somehow pulling the strings from New Vegas, uh, which is like one of the only bits of America that survived the, oh, wow. the nuclear blasts, uh, or just go it alone and, you know, wow. screw everybody over, uh, which is the best option, by the way. But yeah, there's just so much going on in there. That's just the, the tip of the iceberg, genuinely. There's like hundreds of things to do and find and explore and blow up and shoot and talk to and rob and steal and it's just it is like a role-playing game in like the fullest sense of the term it's fantastic and if you haven't played it it looks old as shit it looks really old like it's you know visual wise it hasn't aged that well granted (laughs) but it's so much fun 
Yeah, you got so, 100% recommend. Yeah. What year did it come out? 2010, I think it was. Oh, right, okay, so it's not too bad then. Xbox 360. Oh, no, it, lo it looks it, it looks it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Trust part me. of the image, I'm sure. That's part of the charm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, those are Sean's Desert Island yeah. picks. There's an insight into my into mind a little Sean, bit more. Into Sean's mind now. So you've got both both of the our mind minds. mind of a gamer. Again, <laughs> exactly, this is it. Tweedledum and Tweedlemelon. And yep. so go and check out my episode, episode two, My Desert yep. Island Picks. And um, next episode, we'll be bringing you sort of <laughs> our stories of uh, our high school and sixth form experience. Yeah, I feel like got a lot to, to and, 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 and one, talking yeah. about it in FaceTime calls. I just feel like it'll be interesting to see what comes yeah. after the podcast. I expect a long one. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. If you missed the first episode, introducing our our dynamic. Me and Joe went to the same high school and sixth form for yeah. seven years. But I think I think we said we spoke once in that yeah, time. Maybe you spoke, um, yeah. But that's why it's so and funny. And so yeah, putting putting it, realizing both of our like, interpretations of things that happen in, yeah. in our school it's just is, two, is pretty interesting. Two different sides of the coin. So definitely tune mm. in next week for that. Should be um, an interesting one. Our Desert Island discs will both be made into playlists. They'll be put on to our Spotify Final Fix playlist. So follow us. So mm -hmm. check us out there. Again, your final fix on Instagram, Jovid underscore nineteen on Instagram, Sean LBD on Instagram. Yep. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.